Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. In today's episode, I got to talk to four of my very good friends from college. We dive into all things natural hair. We do discuss how other races perceive our natural hair and how we are treated when our hairs are in different styles by other races. This does not mean that any of us are races. However, we are pointing out our experience with those races. This was actually a great conversation that ended up being a part one and a part two. So enjoy part one of our conversation about natural hair. I am here with four of my very good friends, some of my favorite people from college. Um, We are bi, tri, coastal right now. (laughs) We've got East Coast, Central, and Cali all represented on one call. And so I'm going to let you ladies introduce yourselves and we're going to get right into today's conversation. Go ahead, Serena. You're a returning guest. Hi, I'm Serena. I'm residing in Los Angeles, California, and we all know each other from Houston, right? University of Houston track and field team. Hi, I am Magenta. I am also um, in California, but I'm a little bit further south. I'm in San Diego. And yes, these are the track homegirls. Yeah, these are the homies. So I am Jasmine. I am in Katy. And of course, I was a teammate with these lovely ladies at University of Houston. And where is Katy exactly? Uh, in Texas. It's in Texas, Serena. Oh, <laughs> I'm Tara. I'm a little sleepy. Uh, phoning in from New Jersey, also part of T5T University. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, T5T. <laughs> <laughs> so we are on the call today to talk about natural hair. And if you are tuning in on our YouTube channel, you could see the array of textures and styles oh, yeah. between all of us, um, which is why I am glad that you know we were able to do video um, so that we can kind of talk about our stages. So I became natural in 2007, I think, um, maybe before that, maybe 2006. Um, my sister like encouraged me to stop perming my hair. So what I did was wore braids for like ever, um, didn't have my hair out. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I knew nothing about taking care of my hair in its natural state, which is sad, but I didn't. And so I took my braids out and I just chopped all of my straight hair off and I had like a little bitty fro like a legit little bitty fro and I remember going out with my cousins like a club club and 
I like it didn't bother me. And at the time, I'm glad I was older when I did it because people were like making comments about my hair, like negative, not positive. Oh, wow. Um, and like staring at me. I'm like, that is so weird. Like, this is how the hair grows out of my head, but y'all are really tripping as if I just didn't do my hair. Like it was weird. Um, and so I ended up wearing my braids again for till my hair grew out to where I felt comfortable. And then um, I think at that point, I just stopped caring like what people thought. So why don't we go around and kind of talk about, um, have you ever had a perm? If you haven't had a perm, um, like why didn't you get a perm? If you had like a different type of texture that you put in your hair treatment, tell us about that. So I had, I remember having a perm very, very young, very, very young. I just remember my grandmother being a beautician and them saying, you know, kind of my hair was hard to manage. Um, but at third grade, I think third grade was probably the last time that I got a perm. I just, I didn't like it. Okay. So I started that quote unquote natural journey, but I would get my hair straightened. So I straightened my hair, no perm or chemicals or anything, but I straightened my hair until maybe 2010 or 11, I think, um, consistently, like every two weeks, getting, you know, had a stylist, getting my hair done, it was, it was styled. And then I finally, I don't know, I went through something and I just didn't feel like taking care of my hair anymore and I didn't want to go to the you know I didn't want to go to the beautician I kind of figured out that it was some nice little curls underneath there if you know if I didn't straighten my hair so I wanted to kind of explore that a little bit more and see what my hair could actually do if I left it alone from straightening it so it's it's been some time in this journey how about you magenta I can't hear you you're on mute what I get to mute myself see I don't that's why I can't have nice things so um I went natural in 2005 when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter Ricky so I was getting braids and I was trying to figure it out right like you know I'm pregnant I don't want to do anything I'm my body's everywhere and I just knew I didn't want to do my hair so I was getting braids I was getting kinky twists I was trying to just not deal with hair and then when I took my braids out the beautician was like oh so you don't have any chemicals in your hair I said no but we about to put some in there because my hair is I can't I don't know what's happening and so she was like well let's try something you're gonna go and I'm just gonna give you a trim go get kinky twist for a little bit come back and we'll do your big chop. I had no idea what she meant, what she was talking about, but I was like, whatever, I'll give it a whirl. And so I remember I was going to this lady named Toku and she was like, oh, he don't need a relaxer. Your hair is great. But my entire life, I was always told, this is nappy. You need a relaxer. Right. And then I went back to the natural stylist and we did my big chop and she put some products in there and I looked at it and I was just like, oh, I could do this. I could do this. And I just, I never went back to chemicals. 
and it blow dries straight. My only main, like, really problem that I have is having, you know, like the type of job that I have, I feel the need to want it to be straight all the time, right? Like, you know, dealing with the patriarchy, I'm just going to straighten it out. Going to make it straight, going to do the bob and do the things. But recently, I think maybe the last, two or three years, I was just like, you know what? Y'all gonna get this hair how it comes out of my head. I am going to wear my fro, do this little thing where I just clip it in the back. That's what we're doing from now on. So I am, I guess, 20 years later, no, 18, I don't know, 16, 16 years later, I'm finally, don't worry about me. I wasn't a mathematics major. Um, <laughs> I am finally, finally embracing the hair that actually grows out of my head without blow drying it and you know doing the rods and finally it grows out of my head this way this is what we're doing Serena you never had a perm I actually have had a perm when I was experimenting with my hair when I was a little girl I had my cousin put one on it just to see if it gets straight um I embraced my curly hair young because my grandmother was a beautician. So she didn't allow me to straighten a lot of it. And when I got older, like over 12, I wanted to be like the other girls and have straight hair and straighten. So over time, that's the only thing I've ever really did is straighten it. Jasmine was the one in college who used to wrap my hair all the time. I love my curly hair. I don't know any other way to be. I just straighten it sometimes because of corporate America, because it looks people treat you different when you straighten your hair versus curly. Even men do. I did this experiment and went out and seeing the comparison of what people have a perception to look at you at. But um, more, for more likely, most of my life, all of you guys have seen me, I just maintain my curly hair and I love it. And I don't even straighten it anymore probably in the last five, ever since I have Alex, actually. I haven't straightened my hair at all. How about you, Tara? Yeah, no, I'm listening to y'all talk and it's bringing back all kind of memories. Um, I think when I was, I was really young when I had, I think I got a relaxer and I remember <laughs> my mom chopped all my hair off because, she, and, and she put, I, I just Googled this picture. Y'all remember Dorothy Hamill, mm -hmm. like the skater? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she cut my hair like that. And I remember like being so infuriated, like, why did you cut all my hair off and made me look like this white girl that I just have no connection to whatsoever. But um, no, I think like, it's just making me think about all the messages that we've received as black women, black girls growing up either from our family, from, you know, media, from work and how like, we've internalized it. I, I'll just say it. I've internalized it for sure. Like straight hair is more attractive or different kinds of curly hair uh, textures are more attractive um, than others. Um, and I know for myself, I got all different kinds of textures in my hair. I got a different texture here, got a different texture here, got a different texture here. Um, and so I've always been like, I mean, I think about this stuff all the time as a professor in this like space around black women and representation. And I, I always like grapple with these, the, the things that the way that we, the words that we use to describe like our lived experiences through our hair. Um, 
what does it mean to be natural? Is natural the hair that comes that grows out of your head? Is natural mean not manipulated in any way? Um, I can't say that because my hair is always manipulated. I got curls in here. I got color. I'm my mother's daughter. She's always chopping her hair off, like coloring it purple and blonde and all kinds of colors. So I love that because I have a, a wonderful example of a black woman whose whose hair has has been a source of just joy for her and not um, necessarily uh, just a, a side of struggle, which I think a lot of black women, at least in my generation, growing up in these different institutions have kind of experienced. Yeah, and that's interesting because Jasmine and I were talking one day about like our hair and I told her um, growing up, like there were black teachers in my school, but they all have, straight hair mm -hmm. like they may have had short hair um they may have had like braids every once in a while but they all had straight hair like I never saw anyone with a natural hairstyle um if I did like at random people would perceive them as being like radical or right. like you know black power type thing um just because they didn't perm their hair and as we all know growing up it wasn't common for us to see women on tv with their natural hair whether it was models um maybe in like the magazines like ebony and jet but even that was like far-fetched like it may be one or two women in an all-black magazine with natural hair and everybody else has straight hair or braids or something that you perceive as more acceptable to like mainstream media. Um, and it made me think about an instance with me. Um, so shortly after I cut all my hair off and I got braids in, um, I probably wore braids for like two years straight, like back to back to back, just wore straight uh, braids. And I took it out and started wearing my hair in a mohawk which was like at the time, like I loved that mohawk. Like I rocked that thing, like nobody's business. And um, one of the teachers who was a white woman, she was like, you know, I just love when you come to work wearing your hair like that because now girls who look like you know that that's okay. And they don't want to have hair like me. And it made me think like, she's probably heard girls like little black girls make comments about their hair or you know um like want to have hair like white girls that was straight or smooth and soft or whatever and just the fact that like I'm walking around with my hair out curly you know in this mohawk every day um and for her to like say that to me I was like dang I, I never had that. Like I never had somebody walking around my school with natural hair, like never in elementary, middle or high school. So um, have any of you experienced anything like that where someone kind of pointed out um, how much they appreciate you like with your natural hair, like early on in your journey? So I wouldn't say it was a pointing out of appreciation because I have I have two girls. Um, I think it was more of a 
me, I'm trying to identify with them on why they wanted to wear their hair straight all the time, right? Not understanding that I'm going every two weeks to get my hair straight without thinking about it, right? But from their experience, like mom is getting her hair straightened, but then also my friends, right, are mainly Caucasian because of where we live. They're wearing their hair straight too. So I want to be able to wear my hair this way and fit in with everybody else. So it was more for me realizing that me continuing to straighten my hair and not straighten my kids' hair and want them to do the twist and want them to wear it out, that I'm not showing them that this is that this is that this is pretty, right? That I want them to do it, but I'm not doing this, you know, I'm not doing the same thing. So that was one of the additional, you know, motivators for me was that okay, I need to stop doing this behavior because they need to see me do it and then they will be able to accept it, you know, much better. And that's, I mean, over time, that's exactly what, you know, what happened, although I, I do have teenage kids, so they still want to do the other things, but they do, they have accepted that, they, you know, that they can wear their hair natural and that, you know, they can rock it out and they can twist it and they can do all these different manipulations and experience their hair differently at, at that age where I didn't, I didn't feel like I could at, you know, at the age that they're in. So it wasn't a a revelation like that but I, I think just being in kind of the industry that I'm in and being around you know kids and things like that it is a positive thing for them to continue to see black women wearing their hair in all different natural ways versus trying to conform to what society is saying is pretty and you know and keeping it straight and we're not going to talk about adding hair and doing all that but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I have to say that growing up, they used to call me Pocahontas and make fun of my hair when I went to school and stuff. But thank goodness, because I grew up with a lot of my family on the farm. They, we knew how to handle ourselves. We had appreciation for who, I, who we were because everybody had a different texture of hair. I'm not the only person in my family with curly hair. So when my grandmother used to get, have these long pigtails, you know, kids, the other kids that were not like that look that did not look like me would say certain things and I would be like you know you have your hair and I have my hair so I just was that example of I am who I am and I appreciate because at least I have hair I saw women who had cancer that didn't have hair because my grandma worked in a hospital so I had a little privy to like I had to be grateful for the hair on my head because it has a purpose right so going throughout like my cousins and and stuff we have these discussions about it which meant a lot of people would say, you have good hair. And I said, there's no such thing as good hair. I have curly hair. You just have a different texture. And they look at me sideways like, you always got something to say about it. Yes, because someone put in your head that your hair, that my hair is better than yours or yours is better than mine. And it's not the, it's not the case. It's just perception. People prefer chicken over steak. That's the same thing when you're having hair. Be proud of what you've given. That's what my grandma taught me. Be proud of the hair you have. I have a different texture. Tan have a different texture. Your cousin, Pumpkin, have a different texture. All of you guys have different texture. And you put different products on your hair, which we usually use natural things. And you wear your hair as it is. When I got older, it was just me looking and wanting. And when I figured out my hair would never be straight, no matter if I put a relax on it or not, I just embraced that, who I was. So I think it's just being an example and owning up to who you are as a person and appreciating that you have hair at least because some people don't have hair or you know they struggle with that and stuff like that so I'm just grateful for that that's it how about you magenta you have three girls four girls oh lord yeah um 
<laughs> so please don't remind me that I had a baby at 37. So, Girl, um, I was 40, stop. You what? know what? Wait, You're right. No, you were 39. Yeah, same yeah. difference. Well, yeah, the difference is the same. Okay. Um, so I think I was already like all done straightening my hair. Um, I had a manager once, it's a funny story. I had a manager once, right? So he was brand new to the market and I had just gotten promoted, right? Like brand new, new position, ready to come to work and do all the things. And this man pretended not to know my name unless my hair was straight. And we would walk in the meetings and he'd be like, hello everyone and never make eye contact with me. So I remember being like, you know what? I'm gonna straighten my hair see what happens right so I whip out the blow dryer and you know everybody knows you're sweaty right like you're sweating you got the blow dryer and then you do the hot comb and then you do the rollers and then you got to sleep on your face whole thing so <laughs> that next Monday meeting he's like well hello magenta and I'm like you should just call me hair from now on, because that's the only time you seem to recognize me. Wow. And so I think he was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, no, 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 that's not a thing. And I'm like, no, I mean, it is a thing. Like, it's fine. I get it, right? Or like where I work now, every time I, you know, I still get sew-ins, don't kill me, right? Like I still get sew-ins, I get braids, like, you know, and when I get the really, really long hair or like the really, really long braids, they're like, oh my God, Magenta, you look so exotic. And I'm like, I just look like somebody that just, bought some bundles and sold them in or I just look like you know somebody that went and spent six hours at a braid shop right mm -hmm. like it but I'm still the same magenta right mm -hmm. so Ricky has a relaxer now <sighs> it was a whole thing it is what it is I let her go forth and be great but I think like when it really started to hit home is when I became destiny and Desire's mom so when I got them, Desiah was in first grade and Destiny was in fourth, fourth grade. Yeah, because she's a senior now. And so their mother put relaxers in their hair. And she sent them with braids. And so it was time to get their braids redone. And so I'm taking their braids down and I'm just like, your hair is beautiful. Like curls out of this world. Why are we relaxed in these babies' hair? And so since they were my children now, because you know, I was Mrs. Johnson and the kids lived in my home. It might be bad, but I didn't consult anybody. I didn't ask anybody's permission. We just made hair appointments and we did big chops on the children. And I said, I'm gonna need for you to love the hair that God gave you because he doesn't make any mistakes and you're going to love it. I promise. And both of them, even though Ricky went and got a relaxer, Destiny and Desire are still natural and they look up hairstyles and we make products together. And now it's like a, a mom and daughter thing. They're like, Oh mom, I found some cacao beans. Can we make this blah, 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 make it smell like, Cocoa Puffs, and I'm like, I don't care, whatever. And they're just like, I got this new hair mask. We can get under the dryer and do some things. And I mean, I do it. I don't think it does anything for my hair, but I mean, I still do it. And so 
the moral of this story is um, it was when I became their mom that it really helped me help someone else be on a journey. And I even asked them, I'm like, well, you know, you're old enough to decide for yourself now. Do you want to relax her? And Destiny's like, no, I don't want to relax her. I love the hair that comes out of my head. And so, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Nice. How about you, Tara? Because you have been in so many different avenues of like the education field and um, different populations of people um, from little kids all the way to adults in college. So how do you think that that journey for you like kind of impacted your students or whoever you interacted with? Yeah, I well, I was when you were t- talking. I was thinking about when I first moved out to New York, like shoot, 12, 13 years ago, and I remember it was me and my mom. We were looking at some apartments out in Brooklyn, and I think I was coming from California at the time. It was it, I went from Ohio, Texas, California, New York, and so I remember getting walking the streets of Brooklyn and being like, oh my gosh, all these black women with these big afros and just loving it. And I was like, this is different. I didn't see that in California, didn't see it in Texas, definitely didn't see it in Ohio. But in in New York, there was like this acceptance around come as you are, wear your hair as big as you want, wear as much hair as you want, wear it as curly, as puffy as you want. And I, I just remember that moment and thinking, oh, great. Now I can wear my hair curly now and not be, you know, I won't be looked at differently or, or expected to wear my hair straight just to show I have some length. Because I remember there was always this thing about shrinkage or still is about shrinkage. Um, and and I just never got that that same sense, especially like being out in California. And I'm sure Magenta and Serena, you probably could speak on what it's like in California. Um, but I just know when I was moving in these different geographical spaces, I just noticed that the way that I wore my hair was just different according to the environment that I was in. So now I'm kind of in this old lady phase where I'm just like, I'm gonna wear my hair anywhere I want to. I'm gonna wear it curly, I'm gonna wear it straight. I'm gonna put braids in, I'm gonna put a uh, little white lady um, little uh, clip-ons in, I don't care. Um, <laughs> And I, I have to say that I think I owe a lot of that to my mom, again, because she's just been this example for me as someone, a Black woman who just does whatever the hell she wants with her hair. No apologies, nothing. And and I'm just still in awe of her, um, the, just the way that she carries herself and the way that she she um not just her hair but head wraps and everything she teaches teaching me how to head wrap my hair with head wraps and everything and i just think that's just important that kind of mother-daughter um, relationship i'm on the other side of it um but i think it's when hearing you all talk jasmine you're talking about your daughters and magenta um i definitely can see you know the importance of like modeling that um pride in in who you are what your hair looks like and and so on so yeah yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, um, my sister was kind of the same way. Like she decided this is how she's going to wear her hair. And with her job, um, there were times like through her journey, because, you know, when your hair grows, the texture changes and 
you can't wear certain styles because now it doesn't look the same. Um, hence why I don't wear my mohawk anymore. I'm so sad. I'll be wanting to cut my hair, y'all. When I see pictures, I'll be like, I gotta figure out how to tuck this this thing. But um, but yeah, so she um would end up getting like twists or braids with additional hair for her job. Um, but it's interesting because I don't think that like we pay attention to the behind the scenes people who are fighting for certain rights that we have. Um, because now like she'll wear her hair any kind of way. And, you know, everything is considered professional now. Whereas before it's like, are you going to do your hair? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is my hair. Like, what do you mean? Um, so, you know, with the crown act, and all of those, mm -hmm. you know, people fighting for us to not be discriminated against because of our locks or, you know, us wearing afros um, or saying that, you know, wearing braids is unprofessional. Um, when it's your hair that you're braiding, it, it changes things, you know, like I know for me, um, when I went natural, I remember I was in the mall or something with someone and, you know, had my mohawk in, of course, and a girl walked by with like really tight, tight, curly hair fro. So, you, you know, you talked about shrinkage. I'm sure her hair just shrunk down into a tighter um, afro. And my friend was like, see, that, mm -mm, that doesn't work. And I'm like, what do you mean that doesn't work? Like she don't, she didn't even try to do her hair. And I'm like, girl, her hair is probably the same length as mine. It's just that she's wearing hers in Afro and mine is in a Mohawk. Yeah, but your texture is not as like nappy as hers. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Mind you, this is a black person that's making these comments. And so I'm like, what? Like that's her hair, she can't help it. And she's like, right. So when your hair is like nappy like that, you need to like do stuff to it, like find some products or something. And I just remember thinking like, damn, that's how these people felt in the club when I walked by with my little tight Afro. Um, and like, why though? Like, why is that a thing? Cause when I decided to grow, you know, to um, cut all my hair off, it was never like a thought of, people looking at me different because now I don't have straight hair or you know permed hair um but they did like Serena said like guys would be like is that how you wear your hair all the time what are you talking about like this is my hair like I'm not about to change it for you that's one thing um but like you just notice subtle things so I would have my braids in and more people would approach me as opposed to when my hair was in an Afro. Um, even when I had my Mohawk, more people would approach me than when I had my hair just out. Um, right now, this is what, 15 years of figuring out products and routines um, to my hair being the way it is right now. But please, like this was a struggle um, now it's like easy because I know how to manage it. But after having Kingsley, my hair texture changed. 
I was like, Jasmine, I'm about to cut all this off. Like, I can't, like, this is just too much. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was in a state where I'm like, I'm about to grow some locks. Something got to give mm-hmm. because nothing is taken to this. Like, them hormones took over. I ain't had no edges. I was like, <laughs> Like, no, this cannot be life. Like, you hear people talk about it, and then when you're like combing your hair, you're like, oh, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, that shedding, that stuff is real. And it don't be like when you take your braids out shedding, it'd be like, do it'd I be got a bald spot? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm I so problem. glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because having a baby late that's why I have to do it like this like the thinning is real life yeah um and like I joke with my friends I say you know me and my 16 strands of curly hair (laughs) but it's real life and yeah but you know what I think is interesting I still haven't really figured out what products work and like, you know, oh, I'm going to do my hair like this and it works every time. Me and Eco are still, well, the Eco with Aloe, we're still in a committed relationship. Absolutely. And I have about 16 pounds, well, at least at like at least four handfuls on my head today. It's, I am literally in a committed relationship with castor oil, <laughs> shea butter, like all natural shea butter and eco and if I could just mix them all in and make a miracle ointment <laughs> but like I like shout out to you Isha for figuring it out it's still not figured out and I've been doing this since 2005 well so t- let's talk about that because when I first went natural blogs were like all the rage mm. um so there was like a blog about you know uh what do you call it the numbers came out when the blogs came out the numbers came out so oh four c the four c four a three b all the curl patterns and so Ooh. i just remember like well this strand is like a c <laughs> but the back is like a four b so what am i supposed to put in my hair like right. trial and error i would i had more products i probably could have opened a beauty supply um, because I would buy stuff and then I'm like oh my god why is this stuff not drying it would just be white yeah. like the tall tale of products not working on my hair it does not go into my hair like it sits on top mm-hmm. and so I just remember so many times like I would just touch my hair and it would be like snowing I'm like oh that's nasty <laughs> <laughs> Or, or 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 you do that and then your hand is still wet. But I'm like, yeah. this is from yesterday. Yes. Like, what is yeah? And or you I get feel, the one that makes your hair crunchy, mm-hmm, the crunchy yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so, the, um, that the natural hair movement around that time did it just it was just another way of internalizing our anxieties about our hair. Like all the products we have to remember products are being sold to us like that's the goal to sell you as many products as possible um hair just like anything else has a different it it responds differently at different times to different products you can have a product that works one way in august then in september that product's not going to work anymore because your hair has like 
it's just like the body, the body, we are all track folks. We know that there's be plateau, right? right? You work, you work, you got to change things up. You got to change your routine it's the same with hair. But, um, but yeah, I remember like there was a lot of shame even around in the natural hair movement. Like if your hair didn't look like this or the, or the curls didn't curl this way, <laughs> they didn't quite curl, then you're doing something wrong. And I thought, I just find that as just, um, again, part and parcel of like the whole notion where I see black women's hair as a site of society's anxieties around beauty standards. We have to look a certain way um, around, you know, what length and color and texture meet this some ideal of, of beauty that is unattainable. Um, and we're looking at celebrities and these natural hair influencers who have manipulated <laughs> their posts and manipulated their hair. And it's, it's gotten even worse now with filters. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think the natural hair movement in that respect has done a disservice to a lot of Black women's hair journeys because there's so much guilt and shame around not being able to achieve this certain curl pattern, this certain ideal of what a natural head of hair should look like. So yeah, I agree. Because when I started, like, I just remember I had this picture that I found online. It was like somebody posted it on the blog, and that was like my ideal hair. Um, and then later I found out that it was a wig. So like <laughs> imagine the disappointment. I'm like, well, damn, I would have been really striving. I'm sitting right. there mix, mixing up concoctions, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. It's gonna grow. It's gonna twist that way. And yeah, like I went through that phase of like making products and my bathroom looked like a kitchen. Like I was putting everything in the refrigerator in my hair based off of these blogs and it was just crazy. Um, but before I had Kingsley, like shea butter, coconut oil, um a little bit of water and I was good like but after that my hair was like what are you doing like that's about to slide right on off it's gonna be dry in five seconds try again um so now I'm a Maya lady like I use all their products yes um from Jasmine told me about it and it really does work like I'm not even gonna lie it's like three products oh, in my hair what right is now. it so immediately after this chat, I'm gonna need you to go on ahead and send the link. <laughs> I will send it to you. I am I am all about send me the link. I will yeah, send it. Yeah, so like you know, over time, as Tara was saying, like products have changed because then you have like more big companies trying to seek out smaller black companies where people are making stuff <clears> in the <throat> kitchen and acquiring those companies. Um so I used to use Shea Moisture. Um, they When he was making it out his kitchen or wherever he was making it, it was a good product. And right. then when it was bought out, you know, we got to mass produce this stuff. So we're not taking that time to put these same ingredients in it because we got to make money, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cut some corners and use this type of Shea Butter and not the one you got. Um, so I just stopped using it because it just was not, working on my hair anymore wow. um but I went through like bunch of products social media like 
the ads and stuff. So you see like these people who are like having these businesses that are now at Sally's and Target mm-hmm. or whatever. So I was just going to town, like <laughs> trying everything. All the things. All the things. Yeah. The key for me is, is well, since I moved from Texas to California, the weather has changed. And where the power is, is in water. Water yeah. changes the yeah. texture of my hair. And I noticed that I can use certain things. And when I go home to Texas, I use certain products. When I come back to California, I have to use more oil-based here versus in, in oh. I can use like a different product because it's the water. Right. That's and what, because when I went, when I went to Hawaii and I got in the water, I mean, one day you guys, it looked like I grew a whole new head of hair because the water was so natural. And that's what's the thing, the minerals that's in the water, it either depletes or adds. So I use like avocado oil. I use a certain type of olive oil and I mix it in. And then thank God I got a boy because I do not know how to comb hair. Everybody knows that. I don't know how to plait. I don't know how to braid. I don't know how to do any of that. So I say, so I was like, okay, for Alexander's hair, he has thick, wavy hair. And I'm like, what am I going to put in this? So I started, you know, experimenting with over-the-counter things and seeing what I need to use, all types of oil. So he likes, usually I have to mix some oil with a little bit of shea butter. So I try different things. I really don't buy product. I just buy, I make it for him and his, and his hair and his oil, like almond oil mixed in with some castor oil with a little avocado oil and then mix that in with a little shea butter and I, and I put it on there and it looks good. It curls up really nice. So it just depends on the water and what you're using because the water, if you got in Texas, it's dry and hot. And you have to use different products. And in California, it's, it's um, just a constant weather and doesn't give you a lot of moist. So I need more, like um, less oil here, but I need more oil in Texas. For the yeah. California, so kind of did, did you all notice the difference in not just the water, but the air, like the dry air versus the, hum- the humid mm-hmm. air yes. in Texas yes. too? Yeah, yeah, I noticed yeah. that. So the environment is influencing our hairs in different ways. So that's one thing they don't say. You need different products depending on where you live at. Yeah. I was in a cold weather, I need different products. Yep. Right. And that's why my hair looks different on different pictures because I was at different places. Yep. Right, yeah. yeah. And even the water, That's like if you use um, the like, so I remember seeing this girl on Instagram had her whole house was filtered. Like she has a filter on all of her. I don't even know what you call it. Filtration system throughout her house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a filter on my shower. Um, what do you call it? Why? A shower, a water filter on the on the shower. Yeah, so I had a different shower head that had a water filter on it. Yes. Um, and when I was using that, man, like my hair was just happy, and Mm. it made me realize like how hard the water was out here where we are. Yeah. Um, because it would like feel brittle, like after I wash it and um, condition and all that stuff, it would just feel like it was brittle. So I have a different shower head, not just like the one that's on there. So it has a filter in it. And then when I, my spray bottle, I use bottle water. I don't use water from the oh. sink. Mm-hmm. So that's so the key, guys, water. I, water is I too. Oh, go ahead, Serena. Yeah, water is like, like if you don't have a filtering system in your house or you should get one because we, I have a filter system on my shower as well. And also in the building, they have filter system and that makes a difference in how your hair looks. 
Yeah, and your skin. I was gonna say hair and skin. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jasmine, um, you have one in your house too, because of the eczema, right? It helps with the eczema. Yeah, yeah. So I have a whole house uh, water filtration. Yes. So we just got that. Um, California water is trash. Um, it's very, very hard. It's very abrasive on my skin and my body. And I used to get like when I first, first moved here, we lived in Point Loma. Serena came to that place. And um, I would just get these random breakouts, right? Like I didn't understand what was happening. And so I kind of got like a skincare regimen that took care of the problem, but my skin has just been dry and weird and, you know, whatever. So when we moved, when we moved here to the house, I just said, I don't care what you want to do, babe, like do whatever you want to do, but we're getting soft water, the Mm -hmm. salt free, just the filter, do the things. And then we get the alkaline in the kitchen because I wash my hair in the kitchen and like it was like literally night and day mm-hmm. i use less shampoo yes um my hair feels better and it's like the conditioner i use like i'm finally one of those dime size people you <laughs> with the dime size i don't need like a half gallon of conditioner so yeah that's right on time serena because it wasn't until we got this water softener that I stopped having these random dry patches on me and the children and it worked wonders on my hair. And I, and what's crazy is I use the same shampoo, the same everything from all four of the places that we live in San Diego. And it's like a whole new head of hair, man. So yeah. maybe I can get like 17 strands now. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe, I mean, you, you never know, maybe. Different. Yeah, you'll see a difference in your hair over time. I've never seen a bigger difference. Like when I said I went to Hawaii and I got in the ocean and I instantaneous within a few minutes, I knew something was going on in my hair. The minerals and my whole skin started to clear up. And I was like, I can move here. I can live here. I love, that is the reason why you see their skins in certain places you live is environmental. And it's, they're so natural with the earth with all those volcanoes around them and everything like that. And the water is cleaner than it is here. So all those things matter. And people think water is not a big deal sometimes. Water is every single thing you do. And I am into studying water now and understanding how it works for a body. I was like, if I had known this when I was in college, boy, I would have been a better athlete. (laughs) I would have been the same trash bag I was. I'm sure I would have been the same. I would have been the same. Those muscles get recovered a little faster and your mind would have been a little better. Yes, she would have been if we could go back in time and change it we would be better only knowing what i know now only knowing what i know now right right i can't go back to that you know that 17 magenta still getting relaxes all the time i can't i never want to see her ever again in life (laughs) please i never want to see her she was a nightmare We loved her too, Magenta. She was a treasure. Yeah, we did. We, we loved, loved, loved that. We loved you. Yep. She was a nightmare. I've had to go and through I, those growing pains to get to where baby. you are right now. Praise yeah, the bless his holy name. Magenta, girl, you so funny. I'll never forget this line. You told me one time. He was like, yeah, I'm finer than Holly Berry. I know I look good. <laughs> 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 God damn it, I don't think so. Who will? 
If I don't think so, who will? Right. Yeah, exactly. you, that's true. Exactly. You were so true. confident. My God, you was never shy on confidence. We'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are too funny. Oh, well. Yeah. But I mean, I think that, um, you know, over the course of time with like my hair, I've always had like a love-hate relationship with my hair. Um, like ever since I started doing it when I was 12 and it was just like, maybe probably like right before when I got divorced, um, I like kind of embraced my hair where I'm like, look, we in this thing, like we got to figure this out. Let's kind of come up with something. Cause it's just me and you, like you ain't going nowhere. So we got to <laughs> trial and error. Um, but I used to tell one of my cousins, I'm like, having hair is like raising a kid. So in that baby stage, you feed it this, you do this and you do that. And then they don't want to eat that no more. So then you sit here like, now I got to figure out what you about to eat. Like Kingsley, she don't want to eat nothing. So same thing with my hair. When I first went natural, I was good. I'm like, okay, put a little shea butter, a little water, and just keep it moving. <laughs> then it grew a little bit more, and I'm, that shea butter wasn't kicking it. So I had to figure out a whole nother regimen. Then it got a little bit longer, and now I'm like an adolescent. So I'm going to school now. So mm -hmm. I got to figure it out again, do another routine. Then them teenage years, I was ready to chop that thing off. Like... <laughs> It was just acting up. Like it had a little length, but it wasn't letting me do what I, it wasn't letting me do what I wanted to do. I'm like, come on. I'm looking at this back, this this picture of this hairstyle. This is what you supposed to look like. These bantu knots supposed to come out. You supposed to be dangling. Like, what is this? You're I can't stand bantu I was just about to say, not bantu knots. My thing always look exactly, Tara. Cock eyes. Yes. One would do this. One would do this. One would be sticking up in the bag. Right. I'm like, I'm going to just leave you in the knots. Like, if I take you out, it's like, you just unruly. You just a bad teenager. You do not know how to act. My hair bantu wouldn't dry in bantu knots. Yeah. It wouldn't dry? No, it wouldn't dry. Like, it took forever. Yeah. for it to dry like yeah. like two days and I'm just like I can't walk around these little knots <laughs> <laughs> but see and then that's the thing why because you felt like the knots were not an acceptable hairstyle because that's how I felt I remember because I was like yeah. I really just want to keep these in because I know they're not ready but I gotta yeah. go to work right. and in my head I'm like I can't be walking around with these horns coming up out my head like going to work but really, like, why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, looking back, like, you think about the messy bun that white girls do. Yep. They don't yep. know what. Don't comb <laughs> their hair half the time. And, yep. like, they'll just sit there and take a pencil and wrap it up and stick yep. <laughs> it in there. Hair be just whatever. And that's cute. Yep. But if I come out my house with my right. hair, you know, in its natural state, it's like, oh, you didn't have time to do your hair? Mm -hmm. Like, what you mean? She got a pencil in her ponytail. Like, <laughs> and her like she didn't even like, it's like she didn't even comb that. No. That is all wrapped nope. nest in there. Exactly. I can't just like wear my regular fro and like, you know, do the shoelace. 
Thing right. I I can't do that, but she out here with a bird's nest and a pencil. Right. <laughs> exactly. I smell think it, like a wet dog because they ain't dry their hair. <laughs> they hold back and they shirt be wet. You like, uh, and I'm over here worried girl. about my little drips on my shirt from from oh my hair God. being not all the way dry on my uh wash and go. Oh, and I really feel like. Wet. All right. I really feel like for me anyway, I won't speak for anybody else, but for me, I felt like that was a multi-level issue for me, right? Like it wasn't just about my hair, right? So my Bantu knots, I knew they weren't dry. I had been under the dryer for a day and a half, it felt like, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have things to do. So it wasn't necessarily just about the hair. It was about the invisible audience, right? Like black women, we already have so many other things to overcome before you even look at the hair. Like first, like I have to do so many other things, right? To deal with the outside world. That's just another thing that I now have to deal with. I just want something to be palatable for everyone else. So I won't be, you know, the mom, that's been wearing these pajamas for three days, right? And, and, you know, and I got these Bantu knots, right? Like I can't be, you know, the woman who is better than everyone else in the office, but it took her four years longer to be promoted because she's an African-American woman. I can't get the job and then wear Bantu knots on top of that, right? Like I can't be that person. So I think a lot of that was, just trying to be more palatable for mm. everyone else and putting myself last, mm. like I obviously right. learned to do from somewhere else, right? Like as a mom and a wife and, you know, just an everything person, I have learned to be all things to all people. And and then after everyone else is good, then I'll be like, okay, I got 20 minutes. Like, do you know the things I had to do to be on this call today? Like. Yeah. It was literally like I played Tetris. They are in there feeding the baby like Cheetos and goldfish so that mommy can be here and not doing those things. And then when I get off, it's like, okay, I'm doing mom things now. So it's the consistency of putting yourself last and not necessarily delegating or making the time to take care of you and then now I don't have time to figure this out. So now you're gonna get what I got, and you're gonna have to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it. I think it's rooted very deeply in us as Black yeah. women, generationally. It is. It is just rooted very deeply in just being Black in America, right? That you always have to be presented as together, right? One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Not right now. And and that together is my hair is together my clothes is together. I am presenting myself in, you know, out to the world as this respectable or whatever, you know, type of black person. So the hair falls in, in line with that, right? In order for us to be accepted into society's norms, we have to be quiet black people, right? We have to be maintained black people. We have to be dressed well, black people. We cannot just exist without it being something else, 
right? Yeah. So that that's where that comes, you know, that comes from. Like, I mean, E, e and I talked about like the um, the bonnets and coming out in pajamas, right? And trying to do the messy hair. Like those things are accepted for other people, but for the black culture, you are expected to be put together, right? You need to be put together and you also need to be quiet, but you need to be put together yeah. wherever, you know, wherever you are. So I think when, when you say multi-layered, yes, it is multi-layered because it's all these things that we, we have been subconsciously taught as we were raised, right? And then society is also influencing some of those things as well, you know, just from what we're seeing based on, you know, what we raised and then what we, you know, what, what we read about and what we consume all of those things come into play when we make decisions about hair. Mm-hmm. And it, it's unfortunate that we have to, but it is something that we think about until, until you, you know, you get to an age or you get to, to have had some life experiences where you just like, this is how I'm going to live. And you are going to accept me exactly as who I am. Cause this is how I'm showing up. And you're, you're going to have to accept me for this. Cause this is who I am as a person. And I am not going to, um make myself more palatable for you this is how i am and i think that along with that when we say um put together it's not our put together it's exactly it's they are put together right so like you know when i'm at a family function and everybody's like casual Mm -hmm. um when we are at a house family function casual is different than when we go out and we're casual um because it's not about us it's about how everybody else perceives us perceives us and what they feel we should look like so where i'm gonna wear my hair you know in a fro at my grandmom's gathering at her house well when we go out to this wherever place i might put it in two braids or something um or, you know, put a wrap because believe it or not, a wrap is more acceptable than the hair that grows out of my head. Um, I know you wanted to hear the rest of that conversation, but you're going to have to wait until next Tuesday. Me and the girls finish up our talk and it is just as amazing as part one. So we will see you back here next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger And check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell, or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.